Dream Warriors, thank you for joining me. Guess what? We're at another annual holiday event. Because we're crazy here. We love movies. We love it all. And today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, it is Thanks Flicking, the Dream Warriors annual event. It's a new annual event. This is year one, day one of it. Uh, the previous episode, Dream Warriors 104, was strictly the intro to Thanks Flicking. And we're celebrating one of my favorite holidays, Thanksgiving. And we're doing one Thanksgiving movie a day, five days leading into Thanksgiving with a potential uh, bonus episode. I haven't decided yet, but hey, you already hear those gobble gobbles. Let's hit that music and we're going to go into it because we're talking Home for the Holidays, one of my favorite movies. Let's go. Well, hey, that's a cool intro. How uh, do you guys like those uh, turkey noises? And uh, if you're new here to Dream Warriors Podcast, uh, we're, we're a little bit obsessed with uh, everything, everything pop culture. Uh, we're talking movies, comics, TV, streaming, wrestling, the National Football League, other known as the NFL, and even upcoming, we're, we're going to be doing uh, creator-focused shows. Uh, that might have a cool name. I, I haven't got a, uh, a, a name for that yet. <laughs> but the first episode of that, Sylvester Stallone, will be coming before Thanksgiving, between now and Thanksgiving. So we're just going to smash that in the middle of Thanks Flicking. And Thanks Flicking, as you already know, is our annual, new annual <laughs> Dream Warriors podcast annual event where we do one Thanksgiving movie leading up to the most delightful, the awesome, the amazing holiday of Thanksgiving. Let me just move this mic. Uh, yeah, so I'm your host. I'm Peter, Peter A. DeLuca, a.k.a. Pad. And you can find me, a.k.a. Pad.com, social media links, a.k.a. Pad13 on Instagram and Facebook, a.k.a. Pad on the Snapchat and Twitter. And I'll just say it again, akapad.com. Patreon, you can donate. You can help me out, okay? Help me fund this show because we can do amazing things with more funding. If you're listening to SoundCloud, there's a link directly to it. It says help fund this show. If not, just go to www.patreon slash akapad.com. Help donate. You know, you can hit the PayPal donation button on akapad.com. So there's all kinds of interesting, fun amazing ways uh there's even like an etsy store you can eat like just purchase create creative services from me printing uh illustration there's look i have a entire background in uh design making things look amazing uh making solutions like that's a part of design it's it's, it's all problem solving uh i have a huge background in this i've been doing it for almost like 20 years uh, yeah, I know that's that's amazing, but yeah, almost 20 years I've been uh, just hardcore doing logos, website design, and, and you know, like even uh, business development, finance, not financing, but fundraising, uh, so all of this stuff, okay, <laughs> I'm very deeply entwined in the, the Philly tech community. Uh, not so much the geek community, but that's a little bit of Dream Warriors. We, I kind of wholeheartedly reject geek culture, but uh I do like movies, and I like talking about all of this stuff. I, I like the analysis. I li- even like how it transforms the person. Uh, I think getting obsessive about some of these things can uh, uncover some weaknesses in your psyche. And when you know that, when you know you're 
you're at that part you know like jump into something and and rediscover it or jump into something new meaning that if you know everything about the x-men maybe you should learn about something else like football like learn <laughs> learn about many other things just join the gym uh how many times can you read the avengers uh just join the gym you can miss you can miss the avengers for a couple years they're not going anywhere but you can't defeat uh developing like a personal uh like progress uh, you know like when you when you become your best test subject yeah uh, there's nothing you can't do and that's a lot of what dream warriors is, is all about because even for me I spent a long time out of the geek community, out of the geek conversations, out of the obsessiveness. And I got back into it when pretty much my life uh, evolved and stabilized where I was living in Center City, Philadelphia, where, you know, like I was going to the gym just just about every day. I had a corporate job. I wasn't even drawing. Okay, now I draw uh, a couple hours every single day. And you now, like, and I got back into the geek community, and boy, did it change! And I saw, you know, there was a lot of I thought true criticism coming from me that some of my friends, uh, like, would accept. They, they, they there was like these, there was like these new normals, and it kind of blew my mind, and it made me a little, like, I would say a little bit sad a little bit upset and it got me angry enough to want to fight back and dream warriors podcast is a little bit of me punching back because you know you stay out of things for a little bit and you come back and everything is a is a five minute movie review on youtube and it's like wow you know like you did that movie in five minutes that's fantastic but guess what uh what about the long form discussion what about how movies change through time what about documenting uh, the first time you saw the movie, and and this is what Dream Warriors podcast is part audio log. It's an audio log of my life and the, and the life of my con- contributors to how this content affects us and motivates us and moves us. And sometimes it subtracts, and it can subtract in a very harmful way. And I think in one of those ways it subtracts is when we take it too seriously, when we expect too much of it. And we, we merely don't know what it is. Uh, and because it's undefined, you know, we're more critical of it. But anyway, <laughs> let's get into the movie. Holy crap. I said in the intro, this is one of my favorite movies. I just watched this movie. This movie completely blew me away. And to, to give you a little bit of the uh, the way it's in, like, the time that this movie came out. It's it's 1995. It's it's like in the middle, oh, excuse me, of the American independent film boom movement. Okay, and we're talking like very cute, driven comedy-like scripts, smaller budgets. Even though this movie had a budget of roughly 20 million dollars, you gotta take into consideration film processing and film alone and the renting of the cameras was astronomical even at this time so even to do a proper shoot uh if everyone's like working for scale you are still in the the tens of millions and look jodie foster directed this movie the great 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 jodie foster wonderful job she brought together the elements this movie's so good you wish that she just became a, a a director so 
this movie was like packaged and designed to appeal appeal to that that rising tide that that American independent cutesy script uh smaller uh a focused idea and yeah it took some time for Hollywood to even evolve out of this because right now Hollywood doesn't know what an independent movie is at one point so at one time Hollywood had true independent movies and then they had Hollywood independent movies and you know and we had like Miramax and Fox Searchlight and all these big studios had these offshoots of modestly budgeted movies that had real talent behind them and I think there are so many of these movies that are top notch that are kind of forgotten because everyone just is like Pulp Fiction they go right to Pulp Fiction and it's like no 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 this movie uh, is within the same conversation as Pulp Fiction because it's it's that good. Okay, I'll just say it, it's just that good. And it's probably maybe the best Thanksgiving movie ever made, ever conceived. And it has all of the Thanksgiving tropes that we're uh, almost addicted, addicted to what we expect from an audience. Okay, so what are some of these tropes? These tropes are the, the family dinner <laughs> being a... a a cross section of a therapy session okay it's every single family member being somewhat eccentric it's our focal character holly hunter going through a a little bit of a discovery you know like uh knowing things about herself as the story unfolds uh overbearing parents uh parents that are kind of out of time so any any movie that touches on thanksgiving touches on the actual event uh reaches these tropes but none of them are as good because the characters aren't as good as they are in Home for the Holidays. And this movie begins wonderfully. Uh, Holly Hunter essentially has the same job as Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters 2. Uh, and if you watch the opening credit sequence, you learn a little bit of the process of fresco painting. Because uh, they, they make you think she's baking, but she's cracking an eggshell and she's, she's extracting the yolk for uh, a painting restoration and then she gets fired and then her daughter Claire Danes a super young Claire Danes drops her off to the airport and then she goes home and then like we're introduced to the family one by one uh this is Robert Downey Jr. okay Steve Gutenberg you know Mahoney from <laughs> from Police Academy and uh Bancroft from The Graduate, who is spectacular. This woman is so beautiful in this movie. You don't ever believe she can be a suburban mom. But And, and uh, Dylan McRooney, uh, what, what's his name? Hold up. <laughs> uh, Dylan McDermott. Uh, Dylan, I could never pronounce his name. Dylan McDermott. Okay, he's in this movie. He's looking like a stud. He's a stud muffin. But Robert Downey Jr. is on all cylinders in this movie. He's Robert Downey, like, on probably the best cocaine of his life. <laughs> it's it's the less than zero Robert Downey Jr. personified in the movie. Like, it's almost like if Robert Downey Jr. didn't die in less than zero and grew up, he would be Robert Downey Jr. in Home for the Holidays. And this movie, even at the time, progressive, makes a statement on gay marriage and gay acceptance. And it's kind of funny how, like, far even that point has has gone but this movie does it cute and it's understated and it's a little bit of the sign of the time and it's 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 done in a very intelligent way uh mark isham knocking it out of the park with with the music uh 
like again Jodie Foster it, it, uh, this movie kind of upset me because if you go through Jodie Foster's directorial filmography uh 1988 Tales from the Dark Side 1991 Little Man Tate amazing movie 95 Home for, for the Holidays amazing movie 2011 The Beaver amazing movie and then in 2013 2014 two episodes of of Orange is the New Black 2014 chapter 22 House of Cards and then uh, Money Monster 2016 which I think that movie is a little bit of a political statement uh, I would like to see it though uh, I kind of forgot that movie came out but it's a little bit of a political statement and then she did an episode of Black Mirror uh, not enough She uh, Home for the Holidays is, uh, came out in 95 now it's 2018 I wish Jodie Foster she definitely has an eye she has the, the director's eye she has the ear for the script and the dialogue and she knows acting and you know there's a few people who have been in the acting game uh, and are as accomplished as Jodie Foster. It's truly amazing what she has accomplished. I wish she would direct more. I really do because I can't tell you the last. I, maybe uh, what Panic Room was the last movie Jodie Foster was even in that I thought was good. Period. Um, it's it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit uh, it's 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 cringeworthy uh, looking at the later years of her career. And and, and I'm sorry, Jodie, because I am a huge fan. So. <laughs> going back to this movie I don't uh, I never seen it this movie was always one of those things like I remember the poster I remember the VHS cover and it, it was it's somewhat of a um, like it's <laughs> it's like somewhat of a like anomaly because I started watching this movie and I'm just upset I'm upset that I'm just discovering it now and I'm just getting into it now uh, I'm, I'm truly uh it, it did unnerve me but boy when i sank into it uh this is a character piece it's a character dissection it's a movie that 100 percent works as a stage play and i love um you know like realizing that when, when i'm watching the movie because it, it proves that the movie is superior because it's so simple uh getting into our writer Okay, calls uh, W.D. Richer. Now, this dude is stacked. Okay, 73 Slither, 75 Pepper. <laughs> if you all know this movies, look them up. 1978, one of the greatest remakes of all time, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. 1980, Brubaker. 81, All Night Long. Big Trouble in Little China. Needful Things. <laughs> Home for the Holidays. And the wonderful 2005 Stealth. Starring Jamie Foxx and a banging Jessica Biel. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we can save Stealth. <laughs> I've tried watching Stealth so many times and pull something out of it. It is tough. But look, everyone, thanks flicking day one. We Let's just wrap this up and move on. Okay? Go watch this movie, Home for the Holidays. It was available on Amazon Prime. That's how I called it few movies do so many characters and do as much that this movie does and it pinpoints everything as soon as we get out of the gate and guess what you root for these people you cheer for them and it has wonderful thanksgiving moments and it's not depressing like the big chill is through a chunk of that movie uh because big chill was going to be my first day one since the big chill is one of my all-time favorite movies but no going for the holidays check it out and hey start looking up some thanksgiving recipes and let's do this holiday together 
I love you all. Thank you for listening and rock and roll. <laughs>